Entrepreneur on Fire 731. What are you waiting for? Tickets to a rocket ship? Well, here you go and hang on tight as John Lee Dumas is about to take you on a wild ride. Ignite. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50 plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use offer code FIRE. Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Susan Polger. Susan, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely, with extra fuel ready. Yes. Susan is a Hungarian-born American chess grandmaster. She is famous for having been a child prodigy at chess, for being a pioneer for women in chess, and for being an advocate for chess in education. Susan, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight, so take a minute and share a little bit more about you both on the biz and personal side. First of all, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah. It's an honor. I, I was born and raised in Budapest, Hungary, and I moved to the U.S. Uh, 20 years ago, lived in New York for 13 of those 20 years, and I lived in Texas five and live in St. Louis, Missouri currently. And in my day job, I, I'm the head coach of the Webster University chess team, which is the reigning national champion. Congratulations. Number, thank you. A number one ranked team in the country. But uh, just to backtrack a little bit, I started out uh, playing chess when I was just four years old, discovering it a little bit by accident. And uh, that eventually led to becoming a chess champion. And uh, today, uh, already for a number of years, I have uh, I guess, uh, moved on to coaching and uh, being a role model, I guess, for, for the next generation and especially trying to inspire women in chess and girls in chess. Well, I love that, Susan. And first off, again, congratulations for all of your success and for currently being the number one ranked team as well. So future success is coming as well, no doubt. And I'm really excited specifically, Susan, to chat about you know, how you have just really worked chess into your life, how it's become such a focal point. And then, of course, you know, where you see the future of chess and how us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, but just as human beings in general, can really apply some of the skill sets and just knowledge that you've learned from chess over the years to our lives, because it's really a fascinating game. And Susan, before we dive into all of that, into your journey specifically, we always start with a success quote. So take it away. One of my main mantras is look at the whole board. And I think that uh, really applies not just to chess, uh, where it's really important not to focus just, let's say, on a certain part of the chess board, but you need to be aware of what's going on on the entire board. And I think the same way in life, it's really important that you look at the whole picture. You cannot just take one certain element out of the entire equation and focus in just on that, ignoring everything else. So I think that's, that's one of it that's really, really important. And one of my favorite quotes is, Every pawn is a potential queen that was said by a chess writer, James Mason, back in the middle uh, or late uh, 19th century. And uh, that really 
uh, talks, uh, you know, dear to me because, uh, you know, when I was just four years old, uh, you know, they were looking at a little girl starting to play chess that, well, is just a kid, you know, playing chess and what potential would a girl have in a male-dominated activity, sport, such as chess. And that was a very much uh, a main, I guess, uh, topic of, of my uh, childhood and teenage years to kind of uh, go through those, those doubters and growing up in that ambience of doubting, how is it possible? And, and, and to be a pioneer to overcome and, and to prove the doubters wrong. So Susan, I love that for so many reasons. I mean, I can resonate with that second quote that every pawn is a potential queen, like you said, going through the doubters and being that child that people are looking at saying, what exactly kind of future does she have in chess? And, you know, that's just such a reality for every entrepreneur, for every business owner as we go through life. There's always going to be those doubters. And Susan, there's a great quote by Mark Twain that says, every time you're on the side of the majority... It's time to pause and reflect, you know, meaning that, listen, just because everybody's doubting and everybody's saying one thing or everybody thinks in a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that you need to just blindly follow that river of thought process. And, you know, I can even turn this to me, Susan, and when I was going to launch my podcast, I wanted it to be different. You know, I wanted it to be unique. So I did a seven day a week podcast and Susan, everybody told me. You're crazy. You'll burn out. Nobody will want to listen to seven podcasts a week. That's just too much. And what are you doing? Just do one week. And you know, for me, I was like, listen, if the majority's thinking this, maybe it's time for me to pause and reflect. Just like <laughs> you, Susan, yeah. paused and reflected and said, you know what? Maybe where the doubt is lies the opportunity. And you have proven that tenfold. And that's really what I want to focus on for the rest of this interview is your journey, Susan. Just as an entrepreneur, as a person, as a chess master, now as a grandmaster. And let's start, though, with a story. And the first story that we love sharing with Fire Nation is not one of success and accolades, which you have many of and we will get to, but one of failure, one of struggle, one of strife. So, Susan, choose a story of a time that you did struggle, that you did fail, and really take us to that moment in time. And then let's kind of analyze those lessons that you learned. There are always setbacks, even in the most successful career. But in my life, I guess 1986 was a special year in that sense. Uh, on one hand, it was rather successful. On the other, there were two very disappointing uh, events that took place. Uh, the year started great. I played in the Hungarian National Championship, and that's including men and women. And in, in, in fact, in the final of the championship that uh, had uh, 14 participants, I was the only woman and all the other 13 were guys. And uh, the, the rule of the event was that the top three finishers from the national championship will qualify themselves to represent our nation, Hungary at the time, which I represented, at the world championship uh, cycle. So everything was great. I uh, finished tying second, uh, second and third with another uh, international master. So I was celebrating. And then... A couple months later, when uh, it was time to actually for Hungary to nominate the representatives for the world championship, I've been told that apparently I cannot represent 
Hungary at the World Championship because the rule is that the event is called the Men's World Championship. So that was like a cold shower, as you may imagine, that even though I earned it, just like any guy would, I'm not allowed to play. And, uh, okay, so let's pause this for a moment. Right. Uh, Let's uh, turn the clock to uh, November of the same year, 1986. Uh, I was already number one ranked female player in the world. Uh, I was first uh, in 1984 when I was just 15. So this is uh, two years later. I'm, I'm number one in the world. And I'm having a significant lead from the second-ranked uh, woman player in the world, who was a Soviet player at the time. And out of nowhere, I'm getting the reports from the presidential board meeting of the International Federation, Chess Federation, FIDE, say, stating that they made a new decision that all women in the world are getting 100 free rating points, which is huge in chess. Normally, that would uh, be a difference for at least 10, 20 rankings, or it depends how far you're up in the ranking. It could be hundreds of rankings. Right. So it's very significant, except for myself. I thought it was like a bad pre-Christmas joke or something, (laughs) uh, or a nightmare rather. (laughs) And uh, I I first couldn't believe that it would be even possible. And and shockingly, uh, it it was the reality that uh, that they made that, I guess, shameful decision to to discriminate for whatever political or other reasons that uh, the Soviets wanted to take back the lead of the world ranking of of women's chess. And since I was so much ahead of uh, their top players who were dominating uh, women's chess up to that point, that they thought, well, they have to find some kind of way. And sadly, at that time, FIDA went along. So anyway, we had these two incidents. On one hand, I qualified myself uh, in the men's uh, world championship, that I wasn't allowed to participate. And on the other hand, that I was number one ranked woman player. And I said, okay, I'm ready to move on and try to become the number one player overall or one of the top 10 players, let's say, in the world. So I had to deal with these two big setbacks that uh, were both actually out of my control. So I have so many questions that are kind of twirling through my head, but my first one has to be, Susan, what was the reason they gave to give everybody 100 points except for you? I mean, there had to be some reason, no matter how hollow or false it was, but what was that reason? Well, exactly, as you said, that there had to be a, a pretend reason at least. And, and their reasoning was that I was mostly playing in open events, meaning open to men and, and women, while some of the women only play against uh, women only. And they're claiming that it's easier to play against men and gain rating points, which is false from, from many, many sides and beyond the fact that the top women players were also mostly playing against men. So it, it wasn't even really the case. But that was their kind of official argument. So there's a great book out there, Susan, called Anti-Fragile. And this book really gets into the philosophy that those people in life that actually have to deal with struggle, have to deal with strife, get knocked down, either fairly or unfairly, time and time again, but learn ways to pivot, to adjust, to come back, always come back stronger every single time. So in reality, one of the points that this guy's making in his book is that sometimes struggle and strife is good because it forces you 
as a human being to be stronger and to be able to take more and to be able to look for other ways and to make yourself more versatile and agile in every situation that could occur again in the future. So one, do you agree with that? And number two, if you do, how do you think that actually did help you in some ways going forward in your life? Well, to some degree, I certainly agree that I think a, a decent dosage, but not too much of it, I think can be actually <laughs> helpful. And and actually, I think uh, chess itself, uh, one of the reasons why it's a wonderful game, and I think can build character in that uh, when you play chess, uh, you will learn different things, but you will also lose games. And learning to deal with uh, disappointment, with losses, I think it's a very important part of life, especially for a young child, a young person that uh, oftentimes are, you know, being overprotected or pampered. And I think, uh, let's say, it's a good way to to get used to losses without any really serious uh, consequences. Yeah, and I can see that 100%. And Susan, so my question has to be this, because you shared that incredible story of those two massive struggles that you faced in one year in 1986. What would you say is the one takeaway that us as listeners today, 2014's entrepreneurs that are listening right now can learn from that period in your life, from those two massive struggles to really absorb and to implement into our daily regimen? Well, I think what's important is to take put things in perspective and to be prepared for the unexpected because things can and to some degree will happen. You cannot always keep going up, let's say just like the stock market. Right. It can keep going up and up, but eventually there will be some setbacks and then hopefully it will eventually go up again. So the the main thing is, I think, to have the right balance, to have the right expectation that, yes, of course, we want to go up and, and uh, succeed and, and move forward, you know, uh, overall, but the temporary setbacks are unavoidable. And with that, I think those are good uh, good reality checks and those are good times to reflect on uh, what we may need to change or reassess, reevaluate and come up with new ideas. And in my case, uh, those uh, experiences, uh, I would say, made me stronger and uh, motivated me even further to come back and prove them that, uh, yes, I can overcome those uh, obstacles. And, uh, and the reality was that uh, actually the media pressure and the and, uh, other chess federations from around the world, uh, led by the Australian Chess Federation at the time, fought to change that. And today they eliminated on back in 1987 or so, they eliminated the word men's from the name of the chess world championship. And today, of course, uh, uh, women are allowed to participate. And in the next cycle, a couple of years later, myself qualified again and was able to represent Hungary in the world championship. So cool. And Susan, I love that message. In Fire Nation, Susan has chosen her path as an entrepreneur. I've chosen my path as an entrepreneur and you have either chosen or are choosing that same path. And guess what? There's no straight line of success. There's going to be these highest of highs and these lowest of lows, oftentimes following each other within days. I mean, Susan was celebrating her success and then one phone call and it was all crashing down. But, you know, she didn't give up. She didn't quit. She kept moving forward and massive changes happened just a year later. And Susan, 
let's take your journey now and move it to the other end of the spectrum and tell another story. But this story is about an aha moment, Susan, a light bulb that went off at some point in your life along your journey. Take us to that moment in time, Susan, when you had this idea that was just so Susan. It was just intuition. You knew that it was all about you and this was something you had to pursue. Like, What was that moment in time, Susan, when that light bulb went off Take us there and then walk us through the steps you took after having that idea to turn it into success. Well, of course, I had, I guess, a number of those moments in my life. But I think it was key when uh, after discovering the game of chess, which at first, you know, just like for anybody else, it was just a fun activity, one of many. Uh, then, you know, I, I joined a chess club and I was successful rather early. Uh, when I was four and a half, I won, had my first big victory, uh, winning the elementary school girl championship of my hometown Budapest with not only winning but 10-0 score and playing girls of two or even three times my age. Uh, but from then on, and, you know, I kept improving and improving. And uh, for a long time, you know, it was just a fun thing to do. It was a sport, something I competed in, but it wasn't more than that. But then when I was about, I would say, 12, 13 years old or so, a moment came when, uh, and, you know, uh, having those... Uh, almost daily fights of people doubting that that a girl could potentially become a chess master or a chess grandmaster for Gatwell champion. But they, they just thought it's impossible. They really thought that uh, me, as well as my parents, you know, who were fully supporting me, we thought, they, they thought that, you know, we are just dreamers and, and crazy people that believing that women <laughs> can accomplish as much as, as men would. Somehow around that, as I said, 12, 13 age, it kind of uh, became uh, verbalized in my mind that uh, this is something about a lot deeper and bigger than just me personally succeeding in chess. It, it's a whole lot bigger picture. And I realized that uh, at first, I guess, inadvertently, I became a role model for other girls and for women uh, by paving the road and by uh, proving uh, men wrong as I became a master and an international master along the way. By age 12, I, I became a master and then uh, by... Uh, 15, I was a number one ranked woman player and international master. So all those years, my early teens, uh, it was a light bulb in my head uh, turning on that, you know, I can pave the road, not just in chess, not just for myself, but in a, in a bigger scale that if I can do it in chess, I believe anybody else can with the right attitude, with the right mindset, and the belief that it's possible. So I think that's, that became really important to me from that time on. And when I was fighting at a competition, fighting on the chessboard, I kind of uh, had the feeling that I'm carrying not just myself or my family's honor or reputation, but also women at large. And if I can do it, other women will be able to do it in chess or in sciences or in business. Because especially back then, we're talking about, let's say, 30 years ago here, it was even less uh, uh, common or less uh, accepted or, or, or expected from women to excel 
in a ma- in a male dominated field and uh, so i i'm i'm very proud and and honored that i i kind of got that role from someone up there that uh, to to show the way and pave the road for for my gender i love that image of your aha moment being symbolically you picking up this torch susan and carrying it forward not just for chess or for women in chess but for women really you know across the world that were being you know discriminated against basically and and really were looked at as second class human beings in a lot of different ways i mean not being able to even compete in the men's championship for chess i mean is is just insanity here in 2014 but what's also kind of sad is there are things like that going around even today but what i want to talk about next susan is mentors and masterminds now I'm sure you have had coaches along the way, you've had mentors along the way, but I'm not as sure that you have been a part of masterminds, whether female or co-ed masterminds of other like-minded chess players. So can you talk briefly first about your relationship with coaches and mentors along your journey and their importance in your journey, and then kind of touch upon if you've ever been a part of masterminds and what you think about those. Well, obviously, I'm very thankful for a, a good number of people who helped me along my journey. First of all, my parents, who were not just my parents, but in, in this case, my first, uh, my father was my first coach also in chess. And I had uh, numerous coaches along, uh, you know, my long career. So I'm definitely very thankful for them. And I think uh, everybody needs mentors, advisors that that direct them in the right direction, and of course, more specifically in in one's field, uh, you know, need needs guidance, especially when when somebody is very young. So uh, I think that's really important, and I think uh, it it's equally important to have people who believe in you, especially in an environment where you have so many disbelievers, whether within the family or your circle of friends. Right. So the the few people who really believe you and encourage you and and uh, give you the strength to to overcome those those difficult times i think those people are the real uh, friends and and the real important ones uh, without whom uh i guess success may not happen or one would give up and and that's what i noticed you know along my life in my life along my career that i see so many people who who get enthusiastic and and they give it a try and and work hard but they cannot maintain that for long enough to really succeed and they give up they give into that pressure they give into the you know disbelievers they and and they give up and and i think that's that's where we see while only a small percentage of of society i guess really succeeds in what they would like to accomplish versus the rest who don't because they don't stay with it long enough and they don't have that uh i guess strength or willpower to to carry it out year after year because even in my career if you think of it you know i started out playing chess when I was four, but it took me a good 10 years to become international master and uh, number one in the world. So it's, it's a long process. You know, you may say, oh, it's fantastic to be there at age 15, but nevertheless, it took me over 10 years of, of a lot of practice. And I think that can be translated to many other things. If you want to excel 
in anything. It takes a lot of perseverance and a lot of dedication and indeed some sacrifice, you know, because yes, probably I went less hanging, hanging out with friends or going to movies or just goof around, you know. My life, uh, especially in my uh, formative years, in my teenage years, you know, it was very much uh, goal-oriented and focused and, and uh, indeed with some sacrifices. So I think it's important to realize that success does not come easy and, and you need to sacrifice for success. We're going to touch upon this again, Susan, but it is so critical that you surround yourself with the right people along your journey because there's always going to be those detractors. But like you mentioned, Susan, if you have that support group around you, and we like to call them the five people that you surround yourself most with is going to become your average. So if you can surround yourself with people who are supportive, who are like-minded, who are going in a similar direction as you or are supportive in your direction, that is going to make your direction that you're taking much easier in so many different ways. And Susan, you have some incredibly proud moments to share. A lot of them, even the most recent ones of winning a national championship and being the number one ranked team as a coach of that team. What would you point to as your proudest moment in this journey that you've been on? I think, uh, as you said, I have many, but if I just have to pick out one, probably it's, it's the one when I broke the gender barrier and I earned the Grandmaster title in chess, which is the highest title in chess, and no other woman before me managed to break through that. And that opened the door for a generation after me. And today there are several dozen women who achieved that. But up to that point... Uh, Many thought or most thought that it was impossible. So breaking through that glass ceiling, I think uh, symbolically that that really meant a lot to me. And and in my sport, I think that was uh, a game changer. Awesome. And Susan, you have a lot of things going on right now that's really exciting. We've touched upon a couple, but I would love for you to share with Fire Nation present time today. What's the one thing that has you most fired up? Well, obviously, I mentioned already about my team. We, actually, my teams, uh, the, I run the Susan Polgar Institute for Chess Excellence, uh, currently at Webster University. It started out uh, back in Texas at Texas Tech. So my teams have won four uh, straight national collegiate <gasps> championships. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. But in addition to that, uh, another exciting project that uh, keeps me also busy in the past couple of years <laughs> with my co-author, Doug Goldstein, we started researching on how strategies of chess can be applied into, into investing. And uh, we are coming out of a book in October of this year, and uh, we are speaking to audiences around the world about it. So, you know, we're helping, uh, we're hoping to help uh, realize people the importance of combining strategic thinking with careful tactical execution. So our book is called uh, Rich as a King. So that's, that's another exciting new project I'm involved with that uh, I hope to share with the world. Uh, my experiences uh, in chess, how that can be applied in, uh, in business decisions or investments. No, I'm really excited personally to read that book. I'm a friend of Douglas. He actually is the one that put us in touch and I've been on his show and he's also been on Entrepreneur on Fire and it's just great 
to come at life in general with different angles. And, you know, that's one thing that I really love about what Douglas has always brought to the table and, and, and adding you to the team, Susan, the two of you, I'm sure, are going to come out with just some great content, not just with this book, Rich is a King, but in the future as well. And Susan, we're about to enter the lightning rounds. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Are you looking to grow your team, maximize your time, and start putting systems in place that will help you run your business most efficiently? I know firsthand that growing a team isn't easy, especially when everyone's seeking out the best candidates. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50 plus job sites, including Craigslist and social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. With an interface that's easy to use and that tracks all of your job posts and all of your candidates, you'll be growing your team in no time. Plus, it's easy to find your best candidates because ZipRecruiter.com will automatically highlight them for you. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter dot com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, try ZipRecruiter for free. You must go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Are you worried you'll never find the right platform to create your own website and logo? I know. Searching for the best designs, a user-friendly interface, and top-notch support is tough. Trust me, I've been there. I went through several different designers and tried a lot of platforms before I found the right look and feel for Entrepreneur on Fire. But the important thing to consider is that you'll never get to that place that feels right unless you just start. And what better place to just start than with Squarespace? When you choose Squarespace, you'll not only get an all-in-one platform to work off from, you'll also have 20 highly customizable templates to choose and even a free online store for commerce. Don't worry. Their support team is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to help out with all your questions. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use offer code FIRE. That's squarespace.com, offer code FIRE. Susan, welcome to the lightning rounds where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. I'm ready. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I guess nothing. <laughs> kind yeah. of. Uh, I, I got into it uh, very early, if you want to say, because when I was just four years old, I, I discovered chess. And uh, quite uh, early, I would say by the time I was 13 or 14, uh, basically, I was the primary uh, provider for the family. It kind of became a family business, if you want to say. My parents, uh, by that time, uh, gave up their careers for mine. Uh, of course, they they invested a lot into it, uh, not just financially, but also their time and, and the energy. And uh, the, the focus was around my chess career and uh, so if, if you want to say I became an entrepreneur when I was, you know, like right. 12, 13 years old and uh, through my chess successes at the time, uh, it basically uh, the, the, the family business, if you want to say, was uh, revolving around my chess career. So not to get too deep into this because it's a little off track, but I know I'm a little curious, so I'm sure my listeners are as well. How do you at 12 and 13 years old and then moving forward generate 
enough income as a chess player to have your parents being able to leave their careers and focus on you? Well, part of it is, of course, that we're talking about the mid, uh, early mid 1980s in uh, Eastern Europe, in Hungary, when uh, an average uh, income, let's say, was uh, say around two hundred dollars a month. Okay. So it's different economics, obviously, than it is today or than it would have been in the United States. So let's say if I win a prize uh, in the Western world in the United States for uh, $1,000, it goes a long way. Got it. So it's a little bit of that. Obviously, over the years that has changed and uh, my prizes got bigger and uh, the expenses got bigger as well, obviously. But uh, basically, that, that's what enabled it, the time and the place. Very cool. And what we say is entrepreneurs, Susan, that actually live in Mexico, we say you can earn in dollars and then live in pesos. And it goes a lot, <laughs> a lot further. Good analogy, indeed. Susan, what is the best advice of all of the amazing advice that you've ever received? I guess being a professional chess player is not only about playing chess. It's, uh, it's finding the balance between your physical fitness and the right mindset and, uh, and getting, uh, you know, the right advice. So, uh, it, it, it's looking at the whole picture. I think that's, that's probably it. And, uh, I think it's not just for chess, but, uh, also, you know, in, in just relating to our book, for example, you have to remember to manage your business uh, with a trusted manager and balance that with, uh, with the family obligations and fun and, and uh, looking at really the whole picture that what fits your situation altogether. Share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes most to your success. I think it may be paying attention to detail. I'm very much detail-oriented, whether when I play chess or I run Spice at Webster University or I run my foundation. I think uh, paying attention to detail is really, really important because, uh, you know, sometimes you miss a little detail and the whole big picture can collapse. Totally. So I think uh, it's really important. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? Well, I have uh, uh, my daily blog, which uh, covers uh, mostly chess-related issues, but not just. It gives uh, a lot of advice and uh, tips and uh, information. It's uh, the chessdailynews.com. So that's, that's certainly I'd like to invite people to visit, but also at uh, www.richesaking.com, we have the Grandmaster Toolbox that uh, you can get. It's an ebook that Doug and I have uh, prepared to share uh, some of our favorite internet resources, of course, including the blog. Wonderful. Well, chessdailynews.com and richasaking.com, Fire Nation, for a whole toolbox of internet resources. And if you could recommend just one book, Susan, for our listeners, and Rich is a King will be linked up on the show notes page, what book would you recommend? Rudy, My Story, the book, very inspiring story of a, of a young man who, who had low self-confidence and little belief that he could ever make it to Notre Dame, uh, forget to make it to their football team. And uh, yet he did. And uh, his inspiring story, I think, is one that should be a must read. Did you watch the movie as well? 
Absolutely. <laughs> several times. It's actually. a well done movie. You know, sometimes the movies don't live up to the book. And, you know, this, there's, there's some things that are left out in the movie, of course, that you should read the book as well. But wow, that was a really well done movie. Indeed. So Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Susan, this next question is the last of the lightning rounds, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? <laughs> well, first of all, I try to make some friends. I, 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 I would miss people, you know, or, or friends to share my experiences with my joys or, or problems. But beyond that, uh, I guess I would, uh, given that I would uh, have my knowledge of chess still, I guess I would launch a foundation just like the one I have in real life, the Susan Polgar Foundation, and try to spread chess, its joy, its beauty, and obviously its benefits for everyone. Well, Susan, let's end today literally on fire with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, uh, the easiest way to get in touch uh, with me is to, through the website, uh, either uh, richesaking.com, and you can contact me through there, or uh, through my regular website, susanpolgar.com. And what's one parting piece of guidance? Uh, believe in yourself. Don't accept artificial glass ceilings. I love that. And Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Susan and myself today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type Susan in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop right up with all of her websites, book recommendations, and just greatness that we shared today on this interview. And Susan, thank you for igniting the airwaves today. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Pleasure being with you. Fire Nation, are you ready to monetize your podcast? Join Kate and I on our free podcast workshop and I'll show you the top five ways to do so. Text PARADISE to 38470 to claim your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 